of this. So let's go to the word of the Lord. I'm reading now the King James Version, as I always do, unless I'm using some type of a parallel. But King James Version, we're going to Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 27. And if you're at home, I'm going to give you just a moment. Generally, we'd have it on the wall, uh, but there's uh, no one here to read that, uh, to speak of. So uh, Luke 21, 25 through 27. I'm going to just pretend you said amen that you got it. Amen. And there shall be signs in the sun. Let me back up a moment and tell you this is Jesus Christ talking. It's red letter edition. He's talking about the end of time. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Listen to this close. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Folks, that's where we're living today. That's exactly where we are living in that red letter edition. So uh, I want to share with you this thought today. I don't know how long I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach till the anointing says stop. And that's when I'm going to stop. There's no promises here. Uh, I'm going to preach to you today on this thought, avoiding heart failure. Avoiding heart failure. And right where you're at at home are those few people in the building right now before we go into the preaching now. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of thanksgiving and prayer. God bless you wherever you're at. You may be seated. Again, I say to every home, to every hospital, to every prison, to every automobile, to those that will be listening on a podcast in the next little while, we hope your heart is touched and we want to see you in a service soon. Heart failure. I looked up at uh, the Mayo Clinic to find out exactly what heart failure by definition is. And so I want to share that with you. Uh, a portion from Mayo Clinic and a portion uh, from another heart society. And here's what it says, Mayo Clinic. Heart failure occurs when the heart muscle doesn't pump blood as well as it should. When this happens, blood often backs up and fluid can build up in the lungs, causing shortness of breath. Heart failure can result in the death of a human being. That's a pretty serious thing because it's interesting. Uh, it's very sad, obvious, but it's still very interesting to watch. I know people. I'm 51 years old. I see people uh, my age uh, nowadays that uh, just all of a sudden that are passing away. And uh, 51's a lot younger than it was 30 years ago. And so it, it happens. We, we see people in their 30s, in their 40s, athletes, people that are in, in incredible health and things are happening. What, what's happening to those people? I talk to people all the time in my 26th year uh, of ministry and 18th year of pastoring people. Uh, I have had the opportunity to talk to many, many people 
And there is a very prevalent feeling. Uh, there's an emotion today that uh, almost uh, overshadows everything. And I, I was teasing Brother Anders, Brother David Anders, uh, after he got through teaching. I said, you're all up in my notes today. And so uh, these two, the Lord just always has a way of doing that. He, he taught on some of these things. And so I think it's incredible when the Lord comes back and uh, verifies his word one more time. But uh, I, want, I, want, I want to know how to avoid heart failure. Now, I can't say that everybody that has heart problems or heart failure is because of fear. But I can say this, God's word can't lie. And the Bible says that in the last day, a fierce thing of uh, things feared that are coming upon the earth, men's heart will fail them. And this is not a spiritual heart. I've done the digging. I've done the research. This is a physical heart. This is going to affect people. And so it says the reason that it's going to happen is because of fear. I want to tell you, we live in a time, every news cycle is driven by fear. Every newspaper, every television, every, uh, every e-news, everything going on is driven by fear. It's the fear of politics dividing. It's the fear of race dividing. It's the fear and anxiety of a pandemic. It's the fear of what's going to happen if everybody don't fall in line with one side or the other. It's a fear of what will happen if you take this precaution. It's a fear of what will happen if you don't take this precaution. The world is in a place right now that is absolutely driven by fear. And Jesus Christ told us in red letter edition, when the end of time comes, one of the ways we'll know that is because we're in a society that's driven by fear. I want to just tell you that according to this setting, if this was all the word we had, I would be able to stand up here and declare as the pastor of this church to this church body and to our Facebook church family and our podcast church family and those that follow us in other countries across the globe, according to this word, we are in the end of time. I can't tell you how much time. I can't tell you if it's a day, if it's a week, it's a month. But I can tell you things are unfolding at such a rapid pace right now that people are literally falling over dead across our world in fear. People's hearts are failing them. Now, we all know, and I'm not going into all of this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm definitely not a politician. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not running for office. But I'm going to tell you that right now, everything going on in our world revolves around two or three things. The power structure of politics. Let's just scratch out the United States. Let's look everywhere. It's historic. Presidents are resigning their office across the world. It's happening. Every week for the last three or four weeks, another president has resigned, not in a scandal, but in fear of what's coming. You go read their stories. It's happening. There's been military coups take over all over the world. We see what's happened uh, in Afghanistan, uh, of people that we chose to destroy, not just us, but many nations a long time ago because of their actions towards people. Now they are in power. What's that done to that nation? There's a fear that's gripped that nation that is unreal. 
It's palpable. You can taste it. You can, you can feel it. You can feel it in the news. You can feel it in the recordings that are happening around the world. People that are getting on Twitter and Facebook and, and other uh, social media places, they're talking about the fear and the things that they worry are coming upon the earth. Folks, this is the time that Jesus Christ is talking about. This is exactly what he is speaking of. Men's heart failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Verse 27, and then, then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. What a day that's going to be, folks, when there's no more fear, there's no more war, there's no more presidential elections and, and for Congress and for Senate, there's no more division, there's no more this, this one against that one in socioeconomic warfare, but that God has caused the trumpet to sound and the church, the bride of Christ, has been removed from this place and fear is no more. Here's the problem. We got to make it to then. We've got to survive to then. We cannot collapse under fear. I'm going to tell you what the enemy would like to do right now. I'm not even to my text. I'm just, I'm warming up, getting ready to preach. But I'm going to tell you what the enemy would like to do right now. We have watched this. We've watched it in our news. We, we, we've heard this. We've read the reports. We know that the world is trying to get one people against another people. You know what? The church ain't like that. The church is, uh, we're bridge builders. We're unifiers. We pull people together. I can serve the Lord with anybody with any amount of money. I can serve the Lord with anybody with any color skin. I can serve the Lord with anybody from any past, from whatever they've been delivered from, how many times they've been to jail, how many times they've been divorced, how long they've served the Lord. God's not a respecter of persons. I can serve the Lord with anybody because it ain't about anybody. It's about him. So the world tries to divide. The church is a unifying body. And so who does this hurt more than anything? Well, politics, they've always been divided. Sad but true, there's been division amongst people and amongst nations and amongst beliefs for forever, for as long as the world is long. From the first tribe, they divided. Matter of fact, the first two brothers born killed one another. And so the fact is there's always been division, but there's been one unifying thing through it all, and that's been the church. So if we want to find out how to avoid heart failure, if we want to find out how to avoid it because of fear of things that we see and things that we hear, there's a simple answer. We've got to live for God. The only peace... That passes understanding. What does that mean? It's a piece that passes understanding, meaning that when I don't understand why, I've got peace in this setting. When my loved ones are, or have wronged me or are wrong in some kind of a way, when somebody's lost, when I lose a loved one, when, when, I, when I have to go to another funeral, when I have to listen to another person on the phone saying, Pastor, I'm ready to go home. I've, I've made my reservations. When I have to hear that and it breaks my heart to talk to them in those settings, the facts are this. The only way we're ever going to escape fear is to be in the church 
totally devoted, totally committed. I was teaching a Bible study the other day, and I, I was talking to this young man. Obviously, I won't call his name, but he's been dealing with a lot of issues. Some are issues of the mind. Some are ways that he was treated as a youngster. Some are things that he's picked up as an adult. And I said, young man, I said, you are not going to ever recover from where you're at right now until you commit and surrender yourself to God. He said, how do I surrender? I said, you surrender when everything you have belongs to him. And he spoke up. He interrupted me right there. And he said, but I've got one little caveat with that. And I didn't even want to hear it. I said, that's the problem. When you've got a caveat about living for God, when there's one thing that you cannot do to live for him, then you simply can't live for him without total surrenderance. And so we cannot live our life in the fear of what should have been, what could have been, or what may become. We have got to avoid heart failure because it also turns into spiritual heart failure, and here's why. Because when we live in fear, the Bible said fear and faith cannot dwell in the same house. So we can't always live our entire life. Are we careful? Yes, we're careful. You wear a seatbelt when you're out. You use a safety strap when you're on, on equipment. You wear a, a helmet and put helmets on your bicycle uh, riding age children and, and on and on. And somebody say, well, well, all of that. No, that's, that's worrying. That's doing the right thing. It's, it's not fear. The Bible, it's true and true that he takes care of those that takes care of themselves. And when we've done all we can do, then all we can do is stand. So we are to do all that we can do, but not in fear, but out of a godly and a rightful precaution. So we're in the setting we're in today, not because I'm scared, not because anybody's fearful. We could have this building packed today, but there's also optics that come along with that. And we don't want the church to have a black eye and say, they don't care about people. It's all about just gathering up. And somebody had turned into something else. It's all about trying to get a big crowd. It's all about taking up an offering. We don't even take an offering here anymore. It's not about that. This is about safety, but we're bringing you the word, and we're going to see you here Wednesday night, and we're going to be packed out, and we're going to do it again. Amen. Somebody on there say amen. Brother Sam, tell me when somebody says amen on there. Amen. So here we go. Let's get into the word now. Avoiding heart failure. How are we going to do that? We're going to find that in Psalm 91. Many of you can quote some of that, if not all of it, and certainly you've read it, definitely if you've read the Bible. Psalm 91 and 1 says, He, He, that He means humanity, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I'm going to break some words down for you here today, and I want you to just hear this. And I want you to let this go into your heart and into your soul and into your thinking very deep because fear starts out being a mind issue, and after it's a mind issue, it becomes a heart issue. Once it becomes a heart issue, then God has a hard time touching and blessing when we steadily live in fear of what's going to happen next. But here's what he says. He said, if you dwell in a secret place of the Most High, I'm, abide. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I just want to make sure I know what a secret is, but I want to see what a secret is right here. So I go to our original language. It's just written in. In this setting, it would be written in Hebrew, and I want to see what it says. And the word secret, it means a covering, a shelter, 
a hiding place in secrecy. A secret place. A secret place means that those around us don't know where we are. What we're doing. I think it's why sometimes we as spirit-filled Christians are asked the question, how is it that you can do what you do with everything else going around? They don't realize we're in a secret place. We're in a place they're not at sometimes. We're believing in something they don't believe in. We're trusting in something that we don't trust in. Do I believe in medical doctors? Yes. I have one I can call anytime and go make a visit. Do I believe in all types of, of, of prevention and help? And absolutely, I believe a person's health ought to be out on the forefront. But I'm going to tell you something. There's coming a day when the only hope that we're going to have of anything is going to be the hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that was, the one that is, and the one that is definitely coming back to get the church. If we're looking for hope, that is where our hope is going to be found. Hallelujah. Secret. It's a secret place. It literally means unless we tell somebody where we are and what's going on with our life, they're not even going to know how we're going along about our day. Amen. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Let me share the meaning of those two words with you. Refuge. It means sheltered from danger. Sheltered from danger. So let's just back up a moment. How do we avoid heart failure? We start out by finding us a place that's secretive to the unbeliever. And it becomes our refuge. And it shelters us from danger. The next word I want you to hear is, and my fortress. Fortress just means a stronghold. What is a stronghold? A stronghold. You can have little bitty military outposts all over everywhere. You can have a troop here and a troop here and a troop there and all over everywhere. But a stronghold is where you have brought all of your major defenses or offenses together in one place. It's the place that's not coming down. It's a stronghold. And so here we hear the word of the Lord. It says, I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. A refuge is, is uh, protected from danger. And then a fortress is a stronghold. Verse number three, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Let me go again, the word snare. Listen to this right here. This is what has been set by the enemy, both physically and spiritually. Here's a snare. A metallic sheet. Also, joined with a spring or a loaded trap. The only way the enemy's going to get you is if you walk on the wrong trail. God has already provided safe passage. Those of us that choose to get off of that pathway and, and run along down some little rabbit trail somewhere, it's there that we're going to get popped by a snare. It's there that the trap is going to close up on us with bone-crushing heart. Stopping effectiveness. Wow. That's serious right there. It's a snare. He said it's metal. Why did he say it's metal? Here's what the study shows. He says it's metal. He refers to it being metal because it's stronger than bone. It's stronger than wood. It's going to break what it hits. He sets that trap. But I want to say to us today, we're not falling for his trap. 
We're not falling in his trap. We're not going to fall in his trap of fear. We're not going to allow ourselves to be pushed away from God, from his house, from his kingdom, from living for him. No matter what happens, he's got to be first in our life. Amen. Somebody give me an amen right there on that Facebook. Be fine. Verse number 4 says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. What is shield? Now, this got goofy to me when I started studying this because these two words are flipped on meanings. I thought a shield would be a shield. But watch this. He's going to cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. The word shield, I, if, if the building was full, I would say, raise your hand if you think you know what a shield is. And probably everybody here would raise their hand. I would have too till I found out this morning that shield does not mean shield. It doesn't mean this thing that we hold up as protection. Here's what it means. The Lord's going to protect us with this. It's a one-word meaning, a barbed hook. This is interesting because buckler means Shield. That's pretty, that's pretty cool to me. That's pretty interesting because the shield is the first thing that's going to come out. What's the Lord going to protect me with? When the enemy comes in, he's got a barbed hook. One definition is a fish hook. You know what happens when that fish goes beyond that barb. That's why when, you, when you're trying to catch that bass, you've got to really sink that hook and get him beyond that barb because if he's not beyond that barb, one shake, he's going to come off. Well, the Bible is very clear that the Lord's first defense for us when we are in the right place is a barbed hook, not just a hook. This means that once hell is hooked, it ain't going to get off. So once we have put ourselves in the right position, stayed on the right path, stayed off the trails of the enemy where he has set things up, when hell comes knocking at our door, there will be a barbed hook that says, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my child, this is my church, this is my kingdom, and you cannot have them and you cannot be released from this moment. Woo, what a promise that is to me, folks. I want to stay out of heart failure. I want to know that there's a hook out there and the Lord saying, you just come a little closer. You bought this line. Here's the bait right here. You get close enough and I'm going to snag you and you're not going back anymore. We heard in Sunday school today, you'll never see the enemy that you faced again. I believe there's a validation right here when the Lord said, I'm going to hook you, not just with a hook, but with a barb. I believe, Brother David, you preached to us, you taught to us in Sunday school today that once you see that enemy, you won't see it again. I believe when the Lord catches it, he don't play catch and release games. He plays catch and cut. Come on. I don't believe he's going to let him back on you. I believe when you're caught, you're caught. Too many times we get caught up in things we ought not be caught up in when the Lord is saying, if you'd stay on the right path, I would catch him in things he don't want to be caught up in. Too many times we quit. We fail God. We quit supporting. I'm not talking financially. 
Don't let the devil get you on a rabbit trail. Well, we, 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 we stop supporting with our prayer and with our time and our commitment and our effort, and we just get caught up in some news cycle. It's, it's never ending. We go to bed with war. We go to bed with sickness. We go to bed with division. We go to bed with fighting and rioting and burning and tearing and killing and destroying. And the Lord said, if you keep dwelling on that, you're going to have heart failure. If it don't get you physically, if you dwell too long, it's going to get you spiritually. Buckler. He's my shield and buckler. He's my barbed hook. And the word buckler means a shield of protection. The buckle. That's where we get the word buckle from. It starts right here. It's smaller. It protects uh, the loin and the lower portion. And it goes down and then it comes up into a full size. It's the small portion. It's, it's where a man can be hit. It's where a woman can be destroyed. Right here, there, there's no healing when, you, when you're gutted. You're destroyed. But here's what he said. He said, if by some chance something gets past that hook, I'm also going to be your buckle that turns into a shield where you can't be gutted, where your heart and your soul is protected, where your vital organs to live for me are good. Come on, boy, I wish the place was full today. I might just mess around and shout right now. We get into verse 5. It says, Thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. It's interesting that terror is one of the words we hear all day, every single day. Folks, that's not an accident. It's not an accident. You can go back. You can go back and, and look at the times. You can even go back and look at the, the algorithms of, of various social platforms back to, to their very inception and their very beginnings. Terror has always been on the radar. But today, it, it has more people tying into it and researching it and studying it. Why? Because this is the time that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to us about. That the ends of the earth are going to come. This is going to be one of the things that's mainly on the scene is terror. So let's understand what terror is. Do you know terror can't hurt you? Oh, I got some people now somewhere probably at home grabbing a dictionary or an ebook. Hey, terror can't hurt you. Let me tell you what terror is. And this is what bothers me so much for the saints of God. Terror is one meaning. A sudden alarm. It means I'm going along there. Everything's cool. I'm asleep. I'm resting. I'm out with my grandsons. The Lord blessed me with three beautiful grand boys. And I, I can be with any of them. And, and then all of a sudden something happens. And it's like, oh no. It's terror. It causes your heart to begin to go. Bah, 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 bah. It, it, it runs with fear. Jesus talked about it. David, the psalmist here, wrote about it. Terror. What is terror? It's not pain inflicted. It's not war. It's the sound of it. Somebody just said, I'm going to get you. When that bully on the playground a long time ago said, I'm going to get you, boy. That was terror. Because it caused you to say, well, okay, I'm going to need a bigger stick after school. You know, that's the way you fight. You, 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 don't, you don't fight bullies nose to nose. You pick something up. 
And that's how the Lord has led us to know and understand and how to live. We don't fight the enemy by himself. He's got at least 6,000 years that we know of, of good quality practice on humanity. We don't fight him alone. We don't even get an equalizer. We go get our bully. Woo! Man. Terror. It's a sudden alarm. It's fear. And fear causes a heart to fail. The next word in that reading we just read was an arrow. And that literally means a flying, piercing weapon. So in the same verse, he tells us two things that we should not be afraid of. We should not be afraid of the physical thing that can get us. And we sure shouldn't be afraid of the sound of it. Folks, we live in a world that is absolutely in opposition to these verses. We've got to figure it out. Are we supposed to be ignorant, stupid, cavalier, just out there acting like dingbats and not be careful? No. A million times no. We do what we can and what we feel right in our spirit to protect ourselves. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to one thing. We've got to know where our trust is. And if it's not there, we got to put it there. Let me tell you something. People die every day with seatbelts on in car accidents. Every day. It happens. They were careful. Somebody else was negligent. Something else happened. There's nothing wrong with being careful. Got to be careful. I've heard all this. Even the, even the enemy will try to divide the church and divide people. And, and, and with, with this whole vaccination thing. Hey, do what you feel. It's your body. Take care of yourself. Protect yourself. Talk to your doctor. Do what you want to do, but I'm not going to let it divide me from my friends. That's hell's plan. Oh, you believe in that? I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. Hey, let me tell you something. The greatest thing in the world with all of it is fear. It's fear. It's fear. It's driving society. I've buried four family members since November the 14th. Two of them were vaccinated. So it just puts me in a place to say, I don't know what's right. All we can do is just tell everybody to do what they feel is right. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not against it. I don't believe it's the Antichrist. I, don't, I'm, I mean, I'm not into, into all that. Don't believe that. But I want to tell you something. All of those days are coming and the way to avoid the fear of those things is to get in the shadow in a secret place of the Most High God that said, no matter what it is, if it comes against you, I'm going to hook it and pull it out of your way and it's not going to return and then I'm going to protect you whatever gets to you. Somebody said, well, there's people died every day that's dependent on the Lord. It is appointed unto man once to die after death comes the judgment. I'm going to die, folks. I'm making an announcement to you today. I'm going to die unless the trumpet of the Lord sounds. When? I don't know. How? I don't know. Where? I don't know. But I don't plan on it being of heart failure. <laughs> Woo! Boy. For the pestilence, verse 6, that walketh in darkness. Pestilence. Remember that word. Pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for destruction that wasteth at noonday. The word pestilent, pestilence right here. 
know what pestilence is? Pestilence are, rather, it is plagues and sickness. Here we are. Here we are. That's exactly right. Pandemic, great sickness across the world, vast sickness. Here we are. People say the Bible's not real. Find me something in there. Find me some prophecy in the scripture that its time has already passed that didn't happen, and we'll share that together. But I'm going to tell you something. His word does not return void. He's not weak. His hand is not shortened. His ear is not heavy. He's a God that hears, and he understands and already knows what is on the world stage today? Well, we've buried some saints of God. Hell did not sneak up on the blind side of God because he don't have a blind side. Hell did not sneak up and take anybody. God is in control of life and death. And he told John, he said, you go, he, he told him through his disciples, he said, you go back and tell John, blessed are they that are not offended in me. If you lose one, if you die, like I said, four family members in a year in, since the 14th of November. But here's what I want to tell you. Am I offended in God? I'm not offended in God. In a little bitty tiny way, I'm thinking, boy, look at all the mess they're getting to mess. They're already on streets of gold, breathing celestial air, shaking nail-scarred hands, and knowing the voice of Jesus Christ. That's where my hope is. That's where my future is. That's where the design of my heart is. I don't plan on dying from heart failure. Woo! I'm giving y'all time to shout in your living room right now. Plus, I'm thirsty. Hallelujah. Pestilence, plagues, and sickness. When in darkness, it says pestilence are going to walk in darkness. Read with me. In darkness, pestilence are going to walk. What is darkness? In its setting right here and in its absolute meaning, it means dusk. The end of the day or the end of time. Folks, we have a worldwide plague. Somebody said, well, there's been lots of worldwide plagues, yeah, and they were all controlled. A lot of people died, but they were controlled and things were done. Well, here they've produced all of this help and it doesn't seem to be changing anything. This is a worldwide. This is a worldwide plague. I'm going to say it, plague. I believe it that's strong. It's a plague. I think it is definitely of biblical proportions. But it says it's going to walk in darkness. What is darkness? It's dusk. It's at the end of the day. It's at the end of time. Jesus Christ spoke about that. David second sat motion right here. And he says, in the end of time, when you get ready to start looking for the, for the return of the Lord, there's going to be these things. But David says, if you don't want it to kill you, if you don't want to end up with heart failure over it, what you got to do is you got to get under the wing. You're not going to be able to see this on camera, and I don't need him to change the view, but I can see it. I'm producing a shadow right here that's way bigger than myself. That means if you can just get close to the Lord, just close. The one lady said, oh, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Well, why didn't she say if I can touch him? She had enough faith in just getting in the shadow. If I can just get close enough to God, he will hook the enemy 
and he'll settle this for me, and he did. Plagues and sickness and darkness at the end of the day and end of time. And then it says, and at noonday. What does noonday mean right here? It means in the heat of the moment. Right now while the sun is above us, hot, burning, scorching the earth. Right now while everything is going on, in the heat of the moment, I'll be protected in the shadow. What am I protected from? Protected from fear. Protected from the enemy having his way. Protected from the enemy that would bring things on me that God would not allow or would not approve. And it's sometimes why people that believe in the Lord have such a hard time because bad things happen to good people. It rains on the just and the unjust. It comes to us all. It visits us. It visits all of us. All of us will endure a broken heart. But how we avoid heart failure is to know he holds the end. He knew it from the beginning. And we're just in his shadow. We're just under his wing. We're just under his feathers. Verse 7, a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Someone would try to battle that and, and try to discredit that and say, well, that's not what I've seen. Folks, let me tell you something. When a person, the, some of the most wonderful moments in my life have been spent in the last seconds of an individual's life. Well, that sounds, that sounds just terrible. What do you mean? When I have stood as a pastor beside someone that said, Pastor, Pray that the Lord will go ahead and take me because I have made myself ready. It's a whole different situation than those that have not that go kicking and screaming. I don't want the last moments of my life to be kicking and screaming and fearing eternity without God. But I want to be able to say, hey, if it's my day, let's go. Let's get on with it if it's my day. I love all my three daughters and right now two sons-in-laws and three grandsons. I love all of you, but here's what I want you to know. And to my wife, you've been the best. You've been the joy of my life. You're wonderful. But today is my day where there's no more fear. There's, whoa, there's no more pain. There's no more heartache. There's no more sorrow. There's no more unemployment. There's no more war. There's no more racism. There's no more terrorism. There's nothing else coming against me from this moment forward how's that going to happen I got to get in his wing so that when that day comes I can even be in peace on that day what a day that's going to be wow I read it let me read it again a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high God, listen to this, thy habitation. Word habitation stands out two times real big in Scripture. One time is that the Lord lives he dwells. The praises of his people are a habitation unto him. What is that? You go in the zoo and you look on the wall and you see that this is the elephant 
habitat. What does that mean? There's a designed area for that elephant. You go down here and there's, there's, the, there's the big birds. And you go over here in the elephant. And over here the crocodile. And all of these are habitations. It's places where they live. It's a habitat. So here's what it says. The most high God. When you've made him the place where you live. These things aren't going to come to you. So what do I got to do? I got to get his address. How do I get his address? I'm re I repent. I'm baptized in water. I take on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I allow his spirit to lead and guide me. Folks, if the spirit of the Lord is not leading and guiding you, you're going to live a life of fear. Every day. You, you can be, you can be as, as big and strong and bold and tough if you want to. But I've looked in the eyes of just such men and saw so much fear because they knew where their heart was at. You can bench press a thousand pounds. But if your heart's weak and you know your time's up, that strength don't matter. It don't matter. You're much weaker than that frail little old lady. I'll never forget. I'll never forget as long as the Lord will let my mind uh, be right. It's been about 30 years ago now. No, it's been 28 years ago now. Before I began pastoring, but was already in the ministry, I went to visit a lady that uh, was respectfully known as Granny Grantham. She didn't want to be called anything else. She didn't even want to be called Sister Grantham. She wanted to be called Granny Grantham. She was everybody's granny. She had, I don't remember how many children, I want to say eight or nine, and, and I, want, I want to say about 30 grandchildren and, I, and like 45 great-grandchildren. Her family uh, together was over 100 people to the best of my knowledge. She was well up in her 90s. Uh, she, she, never, she didn't move from her sick bed for about two years. She laid there. I could go in every, every day if I would have. I didn't go every day, but if I would have, I'd go in there and my thought was always, I'm going to go give Sister Granny Grantham some hope today. I could be in there about five minutes, and I realized something. I hadn't brought her anything. But she already had her eyes fixed. Her heart like the writer said, my heart is fixed. Oh, Lord, my heart is fixed. Granny Grantham already had her heart fixed. I made statements those days back then as a, as a late 20-something, early mid-20-something. I would say, Lord, when it comes my time, I thought I was going to bring some word over here and, and share some verse with this old saint of God that's lived for you way up into her 90s, nearing 100. But what I realized is when I walked in, she had something that I can only ever hope for. And that was the peace that passed understanding. I didn't even understand it those days. And I would say, my goodness, how does she just lay there all day? And, and her dignity surely has been ripped away from her. People have to bathe her. People have to feed her. People have to take care of her. And when companies come and they've laid her here and make her look so, so beautiful as, an, as, as a respectfully a, a very aged woman. And still she's sitting here talking about the goodness of the Lord. She'd say, hold my hand, Brother Rusty. Just take my hand. Just take my hand and, and just let me tell you that God is so good to me. And I thought it was a cliche. Lay there two, maybe three years in that shape. How's God good to you? Because she knew any moment, any day, any time, I'm going to leave here and I am good with that. 
Wow, what a day. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, he said, he's my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. We'll close with this scripture and we're going to close this service out with one more song of your choice from the choir, from the recorded CD, brother. Here's what he said in verse 10. There, there, T-H-E-R-E, there shall no evil befall thee. Notice it didn't say sickness. Because sickness is the transportation the Lord's going to use to take many people out of here. Evil is a sickness brought on by the enemy. No evil shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Here's what's beautiful. Is the word plague and the word evil this time spoken together in verses 10 and 11 are evil plagues. Things that hell would bring. So I just want to say in the closing moments of this service, I love you. Jesus loves you. If you want to make it and if you want to survive these end times, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get under the shadow of God Almighty. And then after that, you're going to have to learn to put fear where it belongs. And that is not in the hearts of God's people. We have a God that loves us, that's going to take care of us. Write that down. And you just bless his name and give him a place to live and you live in him. I love you. You're the very best. God bless you, Life Point Church. You're the best people on the earth, and I mean that. We will see you Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. God bless you, and we're going to enjoy one more song from the choir before we end this recording. God bless you. I love you. As your mercy 
I will praise you in this. 